everybody, this is Mike Van Meter, and thanks for joining me here tonight. And for those of you that are listening on the podcast, this is the Mike Van Meter Show, and those watching on video, uh, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble, you know, thanks for joining me. I'm trying to do two things at once tonight, trying to do the podcast recording and do this video to get you the message uh, of the evening. And the, this evening I was out at uh, a local junior high school talking to parents out there and the issues that they have. And also wanted to report to you that I was at the Prince William County School Board meeting last night. And it's the first one they've had since uh, the summer break. And it was a pretty interesting event. And I, I wanted to cover some of the issues that were discussed last night. And, you know, but before I do that, I want to read to you a little article that was put out by the DCist and the author of this is Margaret Barthel. And I uh, want to cover this because it kind of sets the stage for my talk tonight with you all about what we're going to do in the Virginia State Senate once I get there. And we are going to win in the Virginia State Senate because we can't not win. Um, we, there's too much to stake here at stake here in what's going on in, in Virginia. And, you know, nationwide there's issues, but guys, we have to leave from right where we stand here in Virginia and we need to take back control of our school system because it's completely out of control. But again, let me show you, the, share with you this article, again, from the DCS Margaret Barthel, and it's from August 16th. And the title of it is, With Students Set to Return, Some Northern Virginia School Systems Defy Youngkin on Transgender Policies. Some school systems in Northern Virginia say they will maintain their existing policies, acknowledging transgender and non-binary students' gender identities, identities instead of bringing their practices in line with those laid out by Gov Governor Glenn Youngkin, which many of you know that that's exactly what the governor has done, but they've been defying him up here in Fairfax County and Prince William County as well. So Youngkin's policies, developed last year and finalized in July, require transgender and non-binary students to use school facilities according to their legal sex, and they require parental consent to use their chosen name and pronouns at school. The Youngkin administration argues the policy is meant to show respect for parents' role as the ultimate decision makers and how they raise their own children, and that's going to be the key issue here. But LGBTQ plus advocates say the policies amount to official bullying of a particularly vulnerable group of students and that requiring schools to notify potentially unsupportive parents could create an unsafe home life for trans and non-binary students. Fairfax County Schools, Virginia's largest school system, announced on Tuesday that they would not make any changes to comply with the administration's recommendations. The announcement came less than a week before students are set to return to classrooms. Now remember, this was a big issue between Governor Youngkin and Terry McAuliffe when they were uh, running against each other prior to this last election. We have concluded our detailed legal review and determined that our current Fairfax County public school system policies are consistent with federal and state anti-discrimination laws as required by the new model policies, wrote Superintendent Michelle Reed in a letter to the FCPS community. Let me be clear that FCPS remains committed to fostering a safe, supportive, welcoming, and inclusive school environment for all students and staff, including our transgender and gender-expansive students and staff. That means Fairfax students will continue to be allowed to use the names and pronouns consistent with their gender identity, and listen to this, they will be able to use school facilities and participate on sports teams and in field trips according to their gender identity too. This is gonna to be key, all right? And this is something that I'm going to address. 
The law requires the Virginia Department of Education to provide model policies and requires school boards to adopt policies consistent with those provided by the department. The Fairfax County Public School po Schools policies diverge from DOVDOE model policy and guidance and perpetuate a false notion that FCPS knows what's better for a child than for than a, than a child's parents. Now that's Governor Yunkin writing that. And um, the Fairfax County School Board is expected to follow the law. A spokesman for Virginia Attorney General Jason Miaris said the office expected Fairfax schools to follow the law. And then they go on in this article, talked about uh, Alexandria City Public Schools and then the Prince William County Public Schools, which uh, are taking a very similar stance. So, guys, I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I went to the Prince William County School Board meeting last night and there were 20 speakers at this particular meeting, and, it, and it's clear that the public does not want this. By and large, they don't. And you know, when I I talk to parents, and even parents that support what the school system is doing, those parents, their concern is obviously the safety of their children, and their children having a safe place to discuss whatever issues they are going through. And, and I get that. We all understand that. We're, as, a, as a parent myself, I completely understand that. We want our children to be safe. But what's at issue here is, whose role is it to have those discussions with a child? Is it the school or is it the parent? That's really the crux of this issue. Now, the fear that some of the parents that uh, are on the side of allowing the school system to do this is that they think that this will create an unsafe environment at home for the child. Now, as a mandatory reporter myself, which the people at school are as well, if there is a, an environment, we have reason to believe that there is an unsafe environment, then the, those mandated reporters must report that to Child Protective Services. That's in place now. It has always been in place. It's always been in place. Even when uh, those of us that are my age or older, when we were younger, that was also the case. Uh, if there is an unsafe environment, we feel like a child may be harmed, then you're required to mandate, uh, you're mandated to report that. That has not changed. That will not change. That should not change. What's at issue here is that if you have a child that feels like they belong in a different body, that they have a different identity, um, you know, in the mental health field, that may mean that there's something underlying that issue. There may be something very, very serious because we do know that the children that uh, are, are experiencing these, these issues, really gender dysmorphic issues, um, oftentimes are abusing substances to a much greater degree. The suicide rate is much, much higher than the national average. And this could be something very, very serious. It could be something that is life-threatening to the child. Why in the world would I, as a parent, not have the right to know about that? How can I, as a parent, provide the best care, the best counseling, the best services to my child if I don't know that that's going on? I have a right to know these things. After all, if you take your child to a hospital and if they uh, they talk about these issues, then uh, the, the hospital will, will let the parent know about that. This, this is something that is very, very serious. It's for the safety of the child. And I know as a parent, I would want to know about these things. And the, the, the problem with this is that the school now is what, what I think is co-parenting. And that was something that was brought up at the meeting last night, the Prince William County School Board meeting. 
you know, what, what, what gives the school board the right to co-parent with me? Uh, I, when I have children or with my children, it is my purview to, uh, shepherd their education. It is my job to shepherd their spiritual life, uh, whatever my particular religion is. If that's something that I want to uh, perpetuate with my child or propagate with my child or share with my child, that is up to me. That is my purview. That is for me to decide. And when you get into uh, these, these sexual identity issues, that's an issue for ma many parents. It may go against their religion. It may go against their belief. It may go against their cultures. Many, many, many cultures. I, I'm hearing this from many parents that are coming to me and they're saying, you know, this is something that I discuss with my child. I do not send my child to school uh, to have the school system talk to my child about their sexual identity, sexual preferences, or anything that may not be in line with my particular faith. You know, when you look at the founding of this nation, our faith was a big reason why people came to this country and still come to this country is to have religious freedom and to live their lives as they see fit. If you believe that a, a parent is doing something that is contrary to the law or unsafe, you report that. There's no issue with that. We can do that. We've always been able to do that. We do not need the school system to then come in and say, because we believe that there, that this is something that ch the child uh, should be free to do, that they can do that and then hide that from the parents. I don't know on, on what planet it makes any sense that, that people, that, that that's appropriate for a school system to do. Now, you noticed in the article, they all, they also talked about how, uh, children then will be able to participate in sports and activities based on their gender identity. Again, that's unsafe. You know, if when you have girls that are out on the football field playing, it is very, very dangerous in that sort of combat type of sport. Uh, the the boys that are then participating in the girls sports, we've seen this across the country, that it is an unfair advantage uh, for, for the boys. And um, it is very, very damaging to the girls. And when you're in high school and you have girls that are trying to compete for scholarships and, and compete for money, and uh, maybe com compete for all sorts of things at the collegiate level. It it's robbing them of their opportunity to succeed at the collegiate level. And there's many, many examples. You can go out on the internet and you can look at all of the examples of uh, girls that have been robbed from that opportunity. And we need to put a stop to that. We, we you know, we, we have a duty to protect our young girls, our young ladies that are in school and that are competing for the, these scholarships. It is not right. It is not safe. It is damaging. And, you know, I've often wondered the, the women from the 1970s that were fighting for the Equal Rights Amendments and, and really uh, fighting for women's rights. Where are they now? Where are they now? It's amazing that someone like myself, a male, uh, is the one that's having to champion this issue for the girls in my particular district. And I don't see many women standing up for the rights of their young daughters. It is wrong. It is morally wrong. It's ethically wrong to do this to our, our young women as they're growing up. And my purpose for talking with you tonight is, is this, that I swear to you that in the Virginia State Senate, we're going to end this nonsense. This It's like we're living in crazy land right now. And this has got to stop. It has got to end. And we all know 
that the school boards mandated masking. Children couldn't go to school. Children couldn't, uh, they were separated from their peers. We know the academic damage that they did, which we're still working very hard on to correct. We, we know that the, the social skills that our children lost. We, we know about the suicide rates. We know about the depression rates. We know about the addiction rates. All have been skyrocketed, all went through the roof during the pandemic because the school board made us bring our children home and did not educate them. And we had to fight and fight and fight to get our children back in school. And by the way, they're talking about doing it again. This nonsense, like we did not learn our lessons the first time and they're going to do it again. The nonsense has to stop. And I swear to you, when I get in the Senate, we are gonna legislate this stuff out of there. It is going to be law. I will introduce a, a bill to make sure that this never happens again, that the school boards cannot, cannot do these things to our children. It is wrong. And, you know, for goodness sake, we're, we're working hard enough to do, uh, to repair the damage that, that occurred during the pandemic. And, and if there's, <laughs> if I'm elected to the Senate, we will not allow that to happen again. The mandatory masking, uh, the mandatory vaccines, all of these these things that uh, really were never threats to, by and large, for children. You know, we know that that when it came to COVID, the people that were at risk were people with comorbidities. And if you're that sick, then don't go to work. If you're that sick, then don't go to school, right? But the vast majority of our kill children do not fall into those categories and should never have been covered up with a mask, should never have been forced to take vaccines forced to take vaccines. Now, if you want to take the vaccines, you take them. But to force children who are otherwise healthy and make them do that, potentially cause problems, really not create any more advantage. And then if they refuse to do that, not allow them to come to school, we're not going to do that again. So what this means, folks, is September 22nd is the early voting. It goes through November 7th. That's another issue we're going to address, too, this election season that we have. We need to get back to election day. I'm hearing from parents all across the Commonwealth that they want this craziness to stop. We can't do it, folks, unless we have people in office that will make it stop. And I'm one of those people. I'm asking for yourself, uh, for your help. Go to the website, ramemeterforvirginia.com. Help me out in any way that you can, in any way that you can. The biggest way that you can help is you show up. You show up on election day or you get your early ballots, your absentee ballots through secureyourvote.com. Governor Youngkin has been promoting this. He's got this bus going all across the state promoting this. Secureyourvote.com and go on where you can get a permanent absentee ballot. It will be mailed to you. You fill it out, you send it in, and it will be tracked, almost like a FedEx package. And you get that in. Uh, one of I know a lot of people that I've talked to said, look, I'm a tradi traditionalist. I show up on Election Day. I got that. I understand that. And if you're watching this video or if you're listening to my podcast, The Mike Van Meter Show, then you probably are someone that is going to show up on November 7th. But you know what, folks? Life gets in the way. Things happen. We all say we're, we're going to vote. And then we have every intention of doing that. And then something happens. Life happens. And life is important. Family is important. And if, if you have to take care of that, you have to take care of it. But that's why secureyourvote.com is important 
and why it might be something that you would want to check out. Because you can get your ballot filled out, you send it in, you're done with it, your vote is there, and if life events come up, you've already cast your vote. But bring not just yourself, not just your family member, but every single person that loves this commonwealth, loves this country, loves our children, you bring them to the polls, you get them to sign up for secureyourvote.com, and you support all of our candidates, not just me. I need your support, absolutely. But maybe you're not in my district if you're watching this. But you get in there and you look at the Republican candidates that we have and you support them and you support all of them and bring all kinds of people with you. So guys, I just wanted to put this message out. And, um, you know, I, guys, we're praying. We're praying for this country. I'm praying for this country. I'm praying for our children. We, I'm, I'm very concerned about the future of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Very concerned. And I'm praying, I'm praying that we are going to send the leaders that will bring us out of this very dark time, bring us out of that, and allow us to be prosperous, allow us to be free, allow us to live peaceably without all of these really just ridiculous mandates that the founding fathers of this nature, this nation really never would have intended for us to, to, to be subjected to. And, and frankly, uh, this country was founded on not having these tyrannical types of mandate, mandates put on us. And when I was at that, that school board meeting last night, it was, it was evident. Everybody talked about how just angry they are at what the school board is doing. And there was a gentleman that even said, you know, you guys have never even apologized for what you've done to our children and what you've done to our community. Even if you realize it, you've not apologized. There's been nothing in that. But we can't live in the past. We can't. We're, we're living in the, we're, we're looking towards the future. We're living in the present, we're looking towards the future. And the future is prevention. And we prevent this nonsense from happening by getting leaders and statesmen and stateswomen into the state house. Please, let's do that. VanMeterForVirginia.com. Check out my podcast if you never have. That's the Mike VanMeter Show. I also have a recovery podcast where I talk about mental health and, and addiction issues, which is huge, as you know, and I'll talk about that another time. But please follow us and help us out. You guys, you guys take care of yourselves, and I will be talking with all of you soon. Take care.